So in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Matthew, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, or that is when he was sitting down, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now another translation for the word blessed is the word happy. I rather like the original blessed, because God has come to bless us. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil things against you falsely, falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now there's a message on every verse there, isn't there? Well, you're all right. I'm not going to speak on every verse. But I am going to speak on one particular verse, and it's verse number eight. But blessed or happy are the pure in heart. Verse eight says, For they shall see God. I'm suggesting that you can't see God unless you're pure in heart. Would that make sense? Blessed are they that are pure in heart, for they. So I would say that excludes everyone else. I mean, that's the logic, that I, the way I think. So if you're not pure in heart, you will never see God. And it fa in fact, it says in the, the book of Hebrews, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But I want to look, I want to ask a question, as I always do. How can I be pure in heart? And what does it mean? So I want you to turn into the Acts of the Apostles, into chapter 15. And there was a little bit of a disputation between the Jews and the Apostle Paul. When I say the Jews, I mean the, those who've come to been converted, if you want to use that word, who've come to Christ. They, uh, they had opinions. And of course, the trouble with having opinions is that they're opinions. And sometimes opinions need to be brought into the light of Scripture. Um, we're going to start at the beginning of the chapter. 
And certain men which came down from Judea, now of course Judea, that's where we get the name Jew from. Okay? For the tribe of Judah. So we get the name Judea, is named after the tribe of Judah. They came down, taught the brethren, and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem was like the HQ. This is where all the apostles were. This is where Peter and James and the other apostles were. These were like the, the originals. You know what I'm saying? This, this, you've got to, let's go and find out what the apostles then, what they've got to say about the matter. So they sent up Barnabas and Paul, um, certain others, unto the apostles and elders about this question. So the question is, do I need to be circumcised to be saved? Which these Jews said they did. And being brought on the way by the church, they passed through uh, Phoenicia and uh, Samaria, declaring the, the conversion of the Gentiles, or better still, the nations. And they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and the apostles and elders and they declared all things that God had done with them. Okay, we just try and explain. So, Paul and Barnabas have been out preaching the gospel into Turkey and further afield into uh, Greece, um, various places, and um, thousands had come to Christ through them preaching Christ. And so these fellows had gone up to where they were. Yeah, they were in Antioch, okay? If you turn back, it says they were in Antioch. So that's where these uh, Jews who had been converted had gone up and told them you need to be circumcised, okay? Paul knew that wasn't true because he, he knew the gospel. He knew what Jesus Christ had accomplished but just to make it clear to everyone, he wanted to clarify so the church were clear. We didn't want any misunderstanding. You know, do they need to be circumcised? You know, and, and uh, he knew they didn't. But he just wanted to go up and talk to the chiefs, <laughs> to Peter and the rest. So they'd explain what had happened, and then in verse 5, but there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees. Now, there's another people now in, in Jerusalem who were saying the same thing. Which th these people believed, but they were from, previously, of the sect of the Pharisees, saying that it was needful to circumcise them 
and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So here we, we've got these Jews again. Now the Pharisees were very, very strict Jews. Very strict. And of course they've, they've repented, they've been baptized, probably no doubt received the Holy Spirit, but they still had this thing in them which needed dealing with. And the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And this is the absolute crux of what I want to say in, in a couple of verses down. So they'd come together to consider what is essential, basically. What's really essential? And when they had been, been much disputing, Peter rose up. Now he's the chief apostle and said to them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles, or more properly the nations, so the non-Jews, by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knows the hearts, bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost. Now that's so crucial. Giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us. And put no difference, so there's no difference now between the Gentile nations and the Jews. God made no difference. There's no difference as far as God was concerned. He gave them the Holy Ghost as unto us. And this is a crucial verse here purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even as they. I want to stop there. So the matter was cleared up, wasn't it? Completely cleared up. So is it circumcision? Or is it a pure heart? You get it? That's the essential thing. A pure heart. That determines whether or not you and I have received the Holy Ghost. That determines whether we're in the church of Jesus Christ. It determines whether we're saved. Because it says, God gave them, the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. So because they believed, faith, because they believed on the gospel... They were baptized in the Holy Ghost and God purified their hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. This is how you get a pure heart. By believing in the gospel and receiving the Holy Ghost. By following through on the commandments of God. Um, when Paul was up in Athens he said to the people who were worshipping different gods in Athens he said God 
previously sort of winked, that's the phrase he used in times past of what you did, all these things, you know. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. And that's what Peter said after the Holy Spirit had come on the day of Pentecost when they said, what shall we do, all these thousands of people? When they seen that these men had received the Holy Spirit, Peter preached the gospel to them and he said, repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the Holy Spirit because the promise is to you. Go into the first letter to Timothy. And into chapter 1. But in verse 5 he said, Now the end of the commandment is love, you might have charity, but it's love, agape in Greek, out of a pure heart and a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some having swerved are turned aside unto vain janglings, desiring to be teachers of the law. See, it's that same thing again, isn't it? Unless they keep the law, they said circumcise and keep the law understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm so Paul is pointing Timothy back to the pure heart now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart 2 Timothy chapter 2 and down towards the end of the chapter in verse 22 he's saying to Timothy here flee also youthful lusts and follow righteousness faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart you see that? They're calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay. Go in the Old Testament now, if you don't mind. And into the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel. And I want us to go into, into chapter 36. We've read this before, but I want to look at it again this afternoon. And we're going to go down into verse uh, 23. So, Ezekiel 36 and verse 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, or, is that word again, should be translated, nations, which you have profaned in the midst of them. Now he's talking initially to the people of Israel. 
under the Old Testament. Obviously, we're in the Old Testament. So this is a prophecy. This is a promise of what God was going to do. You profaned my name among the nations whither you went. And I will sanctify my great name which you profaned among the nations which you have profaned in the midst of them and the nations shall know that I am the Lord saith the Lord God when I shall sanctif be sanctified in you I will be sanctified in you before their eyes or actually it's before your eyes uh, should be in the Hebrew before your eyes for I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land and I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God and I will also save you from all your uncleannesses you see that's the plural there uncleannesses so there is a promise from God to his people who were then his people that he was going to cl cleanse them he is going to sprinkle clean water on them so they should be clean he's going to give them a new heart and a new spirit he's going to make them clean so the word pure and the word clean obviously are the same aren't they so I can say blessed are the those with a clean heart for they shall see God purifying their hearts by faith as we read in the book of Acts so here's the promise of God and that promise was fulfilled and is fulfilled in everyone who receives the Holy Ghost because unless we receive the Holy Spirit we cannot have a pure heart. That is so clear from reading what we read here. But I want to look um, a little bit further into this. I was going to speak on what I'm going to share with you now as a separate message but as I was this morning waiting the Lord indicated to me he wanted to share about what I've already shared about the Holy Spirit gives us a pure heart so if we don't have a pure heart we won't see God you follow all, all this links together? So without holiness we will not see the Lord. So what's the alternative to that? I'll let you think about that.
yourself. So, go into Matthew and in chapter 3. So, in chapter 3 of Matthew, this is John the Baptist speaking in verse 11. So, we know that John the Baptist came to prepare the way. See, he's, he's come to speak. Th these are all Jews. He'd come to Israel. These are Jews. No Gentiles here yet. Chronologically, there's, there's no Gentiles involved here. These are all Jewish people. And God sent John to warn them. And uh, <clears throat> I indeed baptize you, in verse 11, with water unto repentance. He is preparing the way through their repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will truly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Okay? You might want to go back and read that later on. Go into Mark. So we're now we're going to the next gospel, Matthew, Mark, and chapter 1. We're going to go through every gospel, just so you know. So this is chapter 1 of Mark. So let's, um, verse 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So they couldn't know their sins remitted unless they repented and were and as a the evidence of that they were baptized. I've repented, I'm being baptized, and God saw that and he remitted their sins. So the Jews had their sins remitted under John the Baptist. Okay. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him or by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and a girdle of skin about his loins and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, and there's that great emphatic pronouns coming into play here. John is saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Okay. I don't really want to go on from there. We could do, but I won't. So let's go in to the next chapter, into, into the next uh, gospel, which is Luke. 
and we'll go into chapter 3 Luke chapter 3 you see the pattern gone into 2 now we're going into chapter 3 and we're going into verse 16 I believe is where we need to go so verse 6 um, verse 15 to start okay so chapter 3 and verse 15 and as the people were in expectation and all men mused in their hearts concerning John okay whether he were the Christ or not John answered saying unto them all I indeed baptize you with water but one mightier than I cometh the latcher to whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose he, that's that emphatic word again he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire and he says the same or it's recorded basically because obviously Jesus only said one thing but he's recorded it very similarly there um, whose fan is in his hand and he will surely purge his floor and gather the wheat into his garner but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire and many other things in his exhortation preached to you unto the people so there that's three gospels there's a statement in the New Testament that says in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word shall be established so if you go to a court and um, you call in the witnesses to a crime and there's two or three witnesses and they say the same thing I think the judge is going to believe them isn't he or to say an accident occurred and all these people one of them was called Matthew one of them was called Luke one was called Mark and one called John and they all witnessed the same thing see John was sent as a witness now there's another one John the John Baptist was sent as a witness you can read it as we go into John's Gospel it says the same was sent as a witness so we're going in obviously into chapter 1 I'll just read a little bit before that in, in uh, what I was going to go let's go into verse 6 there was a man there was a man verse 6 chapter 1 sent from God now this man came from God whose name was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light so John had come to bear witness okay so in verse moving on then into verse 15 John bear witness of him and cried saying this was he of whom I spake he cometh after me is preferred before me because he was before me okay 
Now I want you to move down into 29, verse 29, okay. The next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. You see, I said it was to do with Israel, and we're still in the Old Testament here in that respect. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. John bear record or witness or testimony, it's the same, all could be translated the same, saying, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So there we have it. Four men testifying in each gospel that Jesus had come to baptize with the Holy Ghost. The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. You notice that um, John says there in verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Now you'd have thought that is so important, wouldn't you? That's, that's what it's all about. Jesus came as the Lamb of God. He, he died on the cross to uh, reconcile us to God. Why didn't the others mention it? Why didn't Matthew mention it? Why didn't Mark? Why didn't Luke? You can look and you won't find it. John is the only one that mentions it. Okay. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away. And we know what that refers to because under the old covenant they had to have a lamb slaughtered every year to remit their sins for 12 months and then it was repeated every 12 months but Jesus is coming as the Lamb of God and he's an offering once forever to take away sin but it, why would the others not mention it then if it's that important and you think ooh that's a bit of an awkward question Alex because I would have thought that are so essential, and it is essential, we need to know that. But God, in his wisdom, has talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Almost as if God is saying, and I don't think he is, that that's far more important. Let me say this, it is. As far as you're concerned, because unless you receive the Holy Ghost, you can't know 
what Jesus accomplished on the cross. The reality of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, we can't know it, as important, as vital as it is, we can't know it as individuals unless we receive the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. It is that important. It's that important that God made it so important that we should read it in every gospel. So no matter which gospel you read, you're going to find out there. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's go back into Acts again. I just want to look at that in chapter 15, where we, we've looked already, but I want to look at it again, and I'll end with this. So, back to chapter 15. So, there's this dispute. They're disputing, don't they? There's a disputation between the Jews and Paul, really. Now, Paul didn't make this decision. It was Peter who was like the lead apostle. I just want to read it again in verse 7. And when there had be, been much disputing or reasoning is actually a better translation, Peter rose up. So there's all these people, they've been talking, well, well, I'm sure we get circumcised, what about this in the law, what about that, shouldn't, you know, Moses said this, and this happened in, under the old, you know, uh, see it was all present tense for them, even the, the, the old, they didn't have the Bible, as we have, they only had the Old Testament scriptures. So they'd be reading the Old Testament scriptures, and they'd be saying, well, look, it says here. Look, and it says here. Look, Moses said this. Oh, look, and so-and-so there, and so-and-so there. See, it's all written in the book. We've, surely that's what we've got to um, go by. It's what's in the book. It's been stated. God stated it. And you can just see the situation. And One person's chipping in here. Another one's chipping in there. One's saying this. Another's saying something else. So then Peter gets up. Now this is God's man. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church. That's what Jesus said to him. So he's the chief gaffer, for want of a better expression. So he, rises, he gets up right in the midst of them. See, they're all around chatting and talking and disputing. He, he gets up. God is speaking now. This is God's man. God's making it clear to them, ever so clear. And he says, men, brothers, know ye not that a great while ago God made choice among us that the nations by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe and believe and God which knows the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost 
even as he did unto us and put no difference between us and them purifying their hearts by faith purifying their hearts by faith so it's so clear so when the Holy Ghost comes when we believe when we receive the Holy Ghost comes in like we read in Ezekiel makes us clean makes us pure gives us a new heart and we receive his spirit the Holy Spirit obviously and we have a new clean heart and then we're in a position to see God I will sanctify you as you read in Ezekiel I'll do it I'll do it I'll sanctify you in the midst of all the nations you, you'll be my people you see and that's what Peter says you don't need to turn to it we read in Ezekiel he says that, you know they'll know that you're my people they'll know <coughs> I'll just uh, find it 1 Peter chapter 2 if you're interested let me just read this laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom that is the Lord come in as unto a living stone disallowed of men indeed but chosen of God and precious you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ wherefore also it is contained in scripture behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believes on him shall not be condemned and to you therefore which believe he is precious or more accurately the preciousness but unto them which be disobedient those who don't believe same word disobedience and unbelief is the same word the stone which the builders disallowed the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto they were appointed but you that's emphatic again are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people it actually means a people for possession so over his possession a people of his possession that you should show forth the praises of him that have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in times past were not a people but now are the people of God which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy now you're the people of God he's saying because they'd receive the Holy Spirit 
and God had made them his, his own people purifying their hearts by faith we're going to stop there okay so just to recap I like to recap because I think it's important you know blessed this is what Jesus said Jesus himself blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God you're not happy if you don't see God never be happy if you don't see God and that happens that purifying of our hearts receiving a new heart as you read in Ezekiel a new heart I will give you and I'll put my spirit in you and I'll cleanse you that occurs when we receive the Holy Spirit for when they receive the Holy Spirit God purified their hearts by faith because they believed and that's it basically we can have a pure heart and we can see God because we believe the gospel and we receive the word of God and saying yes I believe we repent of our sin we turn to Christ we believe the message of the gospel and through that if we really believe we will receive the Holy Ghost if we hear the gospel if we hear the truth Father we do thank you for your truth Lord that you have testified by the mouth of all these men Lord and even Jesus himself said in the book of Acts for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence Lord we thank you that you've given us the witness in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John that you Jesus are the one that baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire and that's what you've come to do and it's so important Lord you decided to make it put it in every gospel so there's no getting away from it and we thank you it's a free gift to everyone who believes so we we commit this word to you and we thank you for it now in Jesus name Amen <laughs>